up, Trasdale County, stand up. This is the newest podcast to hit your ears, Burma Road, presented by Bad Credit Podcast Network. I'm here with the host of the show, John Scruggs. What's going on, guys? Let's get it. We are fixing to bring you some heat, some inside scoop on the local Trasdale County high school football scene. Tell them what we're going to do. Well, first of all, we're going we're gonna to give you more inside scoop than you've had before. I know there's a void in the community about the connection between the fans and the players, and the coaches, and we're going to try to link all that up for you. We're going to do, you know, we're going to be here giving you some stats. We're going to get here and try to get you some interviews. And basically, we're going to open it up for an open forum for you guys, and we're, we want you to email us. We want you to... Uh, that email, real quick, is uh, BurmaRoad615 at gmail.com. That's B-U-R-M-A-R-O-A-D, 615 at gmail.com. And we want you guys to interact with us. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear what you think we can do better. And we ultimately want to hear what you think. So be sure to connect with us. Send us an email. You know, keep in contact with us. Let us be your Facebook. Instead of ranting and going online and putting your feelings out for the entire world, come to us. We're your forum. We will read your emails and we'll play it out. And hopefully there'll be people listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are going to be people listening. Also, you probably catch us r- walking around the old creek bank on a Friday night with that smoke coming up off the creek. See us down there on the end zone with the old rail, de- uh, gel- what do they call them? Well, they got the gel birds over across the thing, <laughs> and they got the old rail birds over by the fence. We'll be over there somewhere with them. And, uh, you know, we might do some interviews with some fans, you know what I mean? So if you you see us over there, come say what's up. Get on the show, dog. Let us know what you guys think. This is the only podcast you probably know that you can just go to a football game on Friday night and get on the show. We will not say no unless, you know. I don't know. It's just You're, outrageously ridiculous. Yeah, and even then, you can at least try it. We, yeah, for sure. Like we're gonna be open to everything. So, come talk to us, man. We're open. We we, we have open minds. We want to hear what you think, and uh, I'm sure the Yellow Jacket world want to know what you think. So come to us. And look, we're this is the first episode. This is a pilot episode. We're gonna talk about some things. Uh, right now, we're mostly just working out the technical aspects of it, getting. John used to record on the microphone and all that. Yeah, yeah. Now he plays in them bars and them old smoky rooms and everything, but he ain't used to these podcast microphones yet. <laughs> Speaking of, me and Will Scruggs play at Keller's every Thursday night. We do a three-hour set from 7 to 10. Come check us out, man. We have a good time. We play some rock and roll. We play some country music. Come hit us up. You know, be friendly with us. Let's, let's have a good time. Let's make this community effort. Gang, gang. So what's... uh? first on the agenda this first episode of the bad credit podcast well oh, no, no, it's not bad credit hold on, hold on, wait, uh, wait. on the burma road podcast I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna cut that out but that's a little free advertisement for the bad credit podcast <laughs> check those guys out too man the bad credit podcast is steven angel and sam hicks they do a fantastic job you, you go in there and you're gonna hear them ramble on about just whatever they want to you know they want to talk about it. and it's it's hilarious i'm not gonna lie it's uh it's very entertaining. So check out Bad Credit Podcast. Um, so what we're going to do tonight, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk talk about our community. We're going to talk about 
the fans, Charles Kenny fans. Uh, we're going to talk about our new coach. We're going to talk about our players. And then we're going to end the podcast with some stories from me and Steven that we've experienced through our time plan for Trousdale County. Oh, five state champs. Let's go. Let's get it. And we're going to open it up. We're going to open our email. Send your stories, man. We're, we're going to get to that later, but we want you to interact with us. This is an open forum. So do not hesitate to get in there with us. Let's get it. So what we're going to do first is we're going to, uh, Stephen, I want to pose you a question. Yes, sir. And, you know, be as open and honest about it as you can. Um, the thing about Chester County football, we have real birds on Friday night who are not afraid to speak their mind. Um, we have old men in Minute Mart every Saturday morning who is not afraid to tell you that you suck. Oh, God. No, they are not. And And they're not afraid to tell you when, you know, you did a great job. So the question I want to pose to you is what makes Charlesdale County different from our surrounding counties? And even like I've never met anyone from another state or even in this state that's even remotely close to Charlesdale County and our culture and the dynasty of coaches we've had and this, the amazing fans. So what do you think makes – the fans, the players, the coaches. What what do you think makes us different? It's all about tradition. I think to really hit it on the head, you have to go back further than I, I don't know about you, but further than I'm really familiar with is Jim B. Satterfield when he took over in the 50s, I think the mid-50s, and he started coaching. Something that he brought to the table at that point in time was different, you know what I mean, than anywhere else. For I don't sure. know what it is. I think it's a Satterfield thing. I think it's a Satter field dynasty thing whatever he brought to the table at that moment and we know because we played under clint satterfield it's that nose to the grindstone bust your ass day in day out no days off when you're working or when other people are taking breaks you're working when we took water breaks we were running buckets and gassers there was no break let's take a water break coach clint would say really that meant let's run and you drink water while it ain't your turn to run. Yeah, and it's that sure. bust your ass, you know, mentality. Because the thing about Chesil County is we've always been the small kids, you know what I mean? Don't have a lot of size. Don't always have a lot of speed, although I think this year might be a little different speed-wise. But we ain't always the most talented people. But by God, we're the hardest working team in the state. And I think that is like a tradition that is celebrated in Hartsville. Smallest county in Tennessee. You know, poor. Probably one of the smallest per capita, and I don't mean this. Hell, I live in Trezor County. But I don't know. I don't know the stats. But a bunch of tobacco farmers and hay farmers, and you know what I mean? Sure. And our time to celebrate and to come together as a community is Friday nights on the creek bank. We know we're going to G-A-T-A on Friday night, and everybody is ready to watch that. And – the fact that it's like a uh, event. Every Friday night on the Creek Bank is an event. You know what I mean? Everybody's showing up. Everybody's getting together, sitting in their groups in the stands. You got groups of 50 people in each section. You know what I mean? And that's what it is. And so I think what really makes it special is the fans treating it that way. It's like a uh, ritual. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think the fans, the fans definitely hold you accountable 
for your ups and downs. So like when when we're not having a great season, I've noticed like the attendance is down. So that's another pressure for you. And and I remember Clint Satterfield saying this. Like if you guys don't win, they're not gonna come see you. They're not. And that that holds you accountable because who wants to play in front of an empty stadium? No one. And we've played against teams to where they know they're going to lose. They'll show up, and they're already intimidated. They're already beat. And you look across, they have 17 fans. <laughs> that's the same number I was going to say. 17 fans. And you know that's just demoralizing for that team. And that's the last thing that we wanted. You know, that's the last thing that we wanted. And I think those fans, you know, ultimately coaches – and we've had we've been lucky. We've had some fantastic coaches who teach mental toughness. And when the game's on the line and you're tired and you see the other team's hands on their knees, that sets a fire in you. And it's all taught from our wonderful coaches that we've had throughout history. For sure. And and I think, you know, I think they've done a great job, and I think that's what sets us apart is our mental toughness. I think, like you said, we're not the fastest, we're not the strongest, we're not the biggest, but I know at least when – and me and Steven Angel played together. Yes, sir. And we, we were rarely the biggest. And I can speak for us two sitting here right now that we weren't the fastest. <laughs> Heck no. But I no. can tell you what, the – the more we got hit, the more we liked it. And the more tired the other team got, the more we just – it set us on fire. And it's it's just a thing that is burned into our brains. And and that's the thing that Clint Satterfield had is I tell people all the time, you know, I try to – I'm like, people get to tell me about their other coach, you know, their high school coach. And I'm like, you don't understand. You just don't get it. Because Clint Satterfield could have told me to run through that brick wall. And it would have been stupid, but you know what? I'd have gave it everything I had, and then when I didn't succeed, I would have done it again. And that's just the power that he had over kids, and I think his dad had that power. And we play with Blake, our new coach. and Shout out, B-Sat! B-Sat. Let's and go. He's got it. I think we played with him. We know he's got the toughness. He does. We, we know have... he's got the – I mean, he's he's got it in him. So, I mean, I'm I'm really excited to see what Blake's gonna bring me too. because he's the third generation of this Satterfield dynasty. We've had so, like you said, Jim B. I grew up listening when I was a kid. I grew up listening to my dad talk about football, and I always wanted to be a Trousdale County Yellow Jacket from the time I was like sure. four years old. We'd go to all the games my cousins played, and then it came my turn to play, and I was like, "Here we go!" You know what I mean? And it was like. We went down there, dude. It was so hard, dude. Practice is so tough. You don't know. Like, I can't exp- – People, I hear – like you said, I hear people talk about their high school football practice and stuff. I'm like, dude, I could tell you stories that you wouldn't even believe about what we went through down there. And honestly, I was always hoping that Blake would come back because I'm starting to think, man, toughness does not exist anymore in kids in high school these days because the things that we did – I mean, there were days when I would – be in school all day. We got practice at 3 p.m. 
I'm in school starting at like 10 a.m., like just praying that maybe Coach Clint would have a heart attack and die or something. <laughs> so that way I didn't have to practice that day because it was so hard. And it was like he would just get in your ass, you know what I'm saying, and make right. you feel like crap. And he would, But you would never once think about quitting. You would just do what he said. And whatever he said, you had to do, you know what I'm saying? And now I feel like with, you know, we've had a couple other coaches. I ain't going to mention names. I don't know much about them but i know what i've seen just as far as like well that's the thing too you know letting is up. You, ha- you have to take into consideration too it's not the same anymore it's not and it's not just the kids because i th- i still think you can get that same toughness out of kids oh, for sure it's, it's not the kids fault it's, not it's the, kids. the it's adults these new fault. rules yeah. well it's not only that it's these new rules if it's past a certain degrees outside you have to go inside you know you can't be too hard on them Right. Because Lord help if one of them cry. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's just the way it is now. And that's what I'm curious to see. Can Blake Satterfield instill that same toughness when in these the new rules age, are different? In the new age. Exactly. Will he, what will he do to bring that toughness to the new age? Because I don't know, honestly, what all the new rules are that are keeping him from doing it. I know it'd be 103 degrees and we're out there practicing and if somebody isn't crying we're not working hard enough if somebody didn't pass out and have to go see michelle (laughs) our uh trainer then you didn't have you didn't have a good practice well i don't mean to i don't mean to bring up like bad times but you have brandon eden over here who'd done some things that in this new age probably you know is frowned upon which it was he got in trouble you know whatever right that's in the past we'll forget about that but there was a time when we played and before that that would have been a passing just thing that oh, dude, and I that think we might have talked about at the end of practice and worked it out between us, and and you know it would have been over. But you might have like you would have kids' parents watching practice back when we were there, and they would watch their kid get just physically and mentally and emotionally abused, <laughs> but they wouldn't say anything because by God, you Trousdale County Yellowjacket. Well, man, it makes you tough. <laughs> Right, I mean, if they you know it's deal, better. If you can deal with that, then you can deal with anything in life, with a job, with any kind of negativity that you're going to deal with because you're mentally tough. But at the same time, you know, those times are over. So I'm I'm so curious, man. I'm ready to see if, if Blake can instill that same kind of toughness and stay within his bounds because that's a tough, like I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine trying to teach your kids to be mentally tough and not push them to their limits. I'll say this. I went, me and Sam, uh, we went to a practice last week. They're in shorts and shoulder pads. And what? That was probably July, late July. Right. Uh, And what we saw was them running the the running back drills where they got to hit a certain hole. They got the dummy and the dummy clogs one drill uh, hole. You got to bounce it outside. And they're running, you know, and every time they had a missed handoff, uh, be sat make them do like 10 uh, up downs or whatever. For sure. And the whole team had to do it. You know what I'm saying? If they dropped the ball. But see, that's what I love to hear. What I didn't see, I did not see Blake losing his cool and throwing his hat on the ground like Coach Sat used to do. He was right. just saying, uh, he would just be like, uh, he w- you wouldn't hear him say much when they messed right, up. But right. when they did good, he'd be like, there, let's go. Right. There you go. He's like, there you go, Bubba. And he was patting on the back. So it's almost like the reverse. He right. was getting real intense in a positive way right. instead of getting all worked up negatively. He, When they did negative, he was quiet, but they did their work. 
They did their up downs. They popped back for up. For sure. And they still hit it with intensity. So, but I only watched for maybe 30 minutes. That's all I got to see was that one drill. But I was, I was intrigued to see that method. And like I said, that was early in practice. Late in practice, for maybe sure. he's getting after him. I don't know. Well, you know, to each their own. There's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Like, so Clint, he raised absolute immortal, you know what, <laughs> you know, on the negative, and that made us want to do better. And he he praised you not so often, but when he did, I mean, it was the greatest it thing. Meant on the, I, you, I, it meant something. It did. Good. When he praised you, it was like, you know, God had patted you on his back, right. on your back. So, but. I'm not necessarily saying that's the correct way to go. Like, I love to hear what you just said. Like, so they did negative things. Blake punished them. Or, you yeah, know, yeah. not necessarily punished them, but, you know, there's a consequence there. And he didn't raise all kind of cane about it, but he positively reinforced them when they done something good. That's great. Yeah, it was, like, it was like when they dropped the ball, it was just understood what they had to do. For sure. No one had to tell them. They just dropped down, did their 10 things. Another thing I think that is uh, to be noted is that I think each individual on the football team is encouraged differently. Some might respond more to negative feedback when they mess up, and some might respond more to positive feedback when they For do sure. well. And I think you got to learn your individual players and how they respond. And it seemed like, and I don't know because, like I said, I didn't watch that much, but it seemed like Blake had a good eye on how to treat players. For sure. You know what I mean? So maybe – and and. I learned that from David Cawthorn. He, you know, me and him had a just a breakdown, just fight as a freshman. And what I couldn't understand was at the time I was hitting 500, and he was critiquing every little thing that I did, and I couldn't understand it because there's a guy going 0-4 over here, and he's over here patting on his back. And what I learned from that situation is every kid is different, you can't treat every kid the same. Every kid's had a different up- upbringing. And some you have to give negative feedback, and some you have to give positive feedback. It's just a thing. And I right. learned that through that situation. And I think, you know, being with Blake through football, I think he's going to do a great job at the positive reinforcement. I just do. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to give those kids a pat on the back when they need it. And I also think, you know, he's going to hold them accountable for the negative things that they do. So, you know, I'm I'm so hopeful for what we got coming. I have full confidence in Blake Satterfield. Let us know what you think on our email. BurmaRoad615, B-U-R-M-A-R-O-A-D, 615 at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. You know, let's get it. Let's get into this. We're going to have a Facebook uh, page soon it might not be up when this first podcast comes out i think it will yeah yeah but be be looking for that we'll probably post in the old hartsville what's that page called on facebook trader that's the only one no 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 no, there's like a hartsville community like facebook page oh really post all up in there yeah i must not be involved in that one you gotta get involved with it i need to i recently deleted my facebook so i won't so so i have another question for you um along the lines of blake okay First-year coach, third installment of the dynasty. You got Jim B. Satterfield, Hall of Famer. You got Clint Satterfield, Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. Jim B. with one ring, three runner-ups. You got Clint, 
five rings. Zero. The pressure runs. on Blake. It's tremendous. He, he has to feel immense for him. Dude, it's tremendous pressure. It's gigantic shoes to fill. It's, Do you think that he's up for that challenge? I think he's been up for this challenge since he was like eight years old, dude. Here's the thing that I love about this, and it's, I say it all the time to Sam. Me and Sam have spent years talking about this, but especially since we started our podcast. We, if you don't know who Sam is, he's the co-host of Bad Credit Podcast. With yeah, Sam Hicks. He played too. Uh, but what we talk about all the time is Blake grew up with his granddad having been the coach of Trazo County. Clint Satterfield played for Jim B. Satterfield. Clint Satterfield grew up as his dad being the coach his whole childhood. And Blake grew up with his dad being the coach the entire time. He was down there as a kid holding the balls, drying the balls off on the game, watching them probably on the sidelines during state championship games, drying the ball off, watching what it takes Watching his dad spend Saturdays at the field house, you know, not spending time, you know, going fishing or whatever For it sure. is. I've seen Clint sleep down there, bro. Yeah, so he I mean, know. But what I'm saying is, it's just life for him. It's it's gonna come natural. He knows everything he needs to do. All he has to do is do it. Like all the time spent, all the things he needs to research, all the plays. He already knows all the workouts they need to do. You know what I'm saying? He For didn't sure. have to learn that because he grew up in it. He's so, by far mentally tough I mean, for the about, job. It's it's not about does he have the grit to do it because I have zero doubt in that. What I have, what I'm what I'm curious to see is with these new rules. He grew up under Clint Satterfield. We know that. We know he's mentally tough. What what's different is Clint didn't have to go by the same rules as Blake does now. Right. So that's my that's my curiosity. Can he get out of these kids, what Clint Satterfield used to get out of us and the players from years past, can he get the same thing out of them without crossing the line? I think he can, and there's a few reasons. The first one, real quick, I want to say is that he is also a member of this new generation. You know what I'm saying? So, For sure, ever since he's been coaching, for sure. But even, He played under a little bit he's tougher. Our, he's our age. He, sure. So he knows he's in touch with the younger generation. For but sure. also, he, you know, computers, when they first came out back in like the late 80s, early 90s, they were so slow and they were, you know what I mean? But they were what we used. You could do calculation, but it had that green screen. You know what I mean? And that's Jim B. Satterfield with the green screen and everything. But they took those computers and they used them. They used the computers to make better computers. Right. And every time the next generation was exponentially better because they had used what they had gained in the prior generation's technology and applied it to the new technology. Now we're looking at the third generation of the computer. So this is like that nano technology. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Blake Blake honestly is in a position to be better than his dad and his grandfather because he's taken the combined knowledge of those two generations For sure. already installed within his brain. And applying it to the future. For sure. So it's going to be insane. He can adjust to the new rules, but he already has all that knowledge and background of the game, of the town. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And and the thing about it is, is Clint Satterfield, he got something out of you that was really deep in there. Like, there were times where you weren't sure if you were going to make it. And I think that's the job of a coach. 
Like, what what are you going to do in those moments to where you're not sure how the next hour and a half is going to go? Because you're not sure if you can do it. Are you going to stick around? Are you going to hold strong? And I'm not sure if today's limits, rules, and bounds will let kids get to that point anymore. I'm just not. And that's what I worry about with Blake because there's no doubt in my mind his knowledge. There's no doubt in my mind his mental toughness. What I'm worried about is can he get it out of him? Do you think so, man? Do you think he can get it out? (laughs) I do. I do think he can, man. I I think he can. It's just a different way. They're probably not going to be out there running each other over on the board drill all the time like we did. I don't – what are the rules now on hitting each other in the head constantly? Yeah. Because back well, in the you day, know you got the concussion protocol now, oh, dude, which I, we didn't have. Back but here's then, the thing: you know? I guarantee you, I have CTE, bro. I, there's I no have way. Times I can't remember stuff. I'm like acting sporadic. And yeah, well, I don't remember depressed. the exact stat, but they studied a hundred brains. You know, ninety nine of them had CTE. Exactly yeah. from youth football. <laughs> yeah, 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 to NFL. That's youth football. So you're telling me that kid took seven shots and he already has slight brain brain damage. Imagine how many shots we took. Right, but it's see, insane. It is it, insane. I mean, it's insane. And I don't think necessarily that was the best thing for us to be doing. Like, yeah, we learned that you can get hit and not die, but maybe it <laughs> made us slightly stupider. Whereas maybe now in today's age, they take a little less time doing that until right. it's game time. And the equipment's better. Another for sure. Another, Another point I was going to make along those lines is that when we played, helmet-to-helmet contact was actually against the rules. However, I'm not sure it once got called in my four years Well, that's time. with the receiver. At the time, a receiver, you're not supposed to – I think our last two years is actually when they implemented it. You weren't supposed to – like, let's say you're playing safety. A receiver comes across the middle. You weren't supposed to head-to-head them. Right, but you. But, but if you did it, never no one once, cared. Yeah, the, exactly. We never once had that called. And actually, Clint Satterfield taught us to put our screws on the top of our face mask on, on the other chin player's strap. chin strap. <laughs> That's exactly right. And now, you know, they're teaching different techniques. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was then. This is now. The only thing I'm nervous about, I have no doubt in Blake's skill level. Like I said, I have no doubt in his mental toughness. I'm not sure that you can get players to where we were. I'm just not. And it's nothing to do with Blake, really. It's more to do with his bounds. But here's the thing. You don't have bounds on how hard he can push them within the rules. So I'm sure there's no rule against running a lot. He can keep them in shape. Well, it depends on the temperature. If it's it's like above 90 degrees heat index, they got to go in the house, dog. Are you serious? That's a rule. I'm not sure if it's 90, but it's like 90 something. Like it's not 98. It's in the lower 90s. But I'm not sure the exact stat. But you got to go in the house. And it's funny because, like you said earlier, we had these water breaks to where it was like it, it was really hot outside, and there was a lot of stuff on the news about how football players were struggling. And Clint Satterfield implemented water breaks. And, you know, it's funny because I'll never forget the first practice he implemented it. He said, all right, guys, today we're going to have water breaks. You know, it's hot outside. We're going to have water breaks. And we're all like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, yes, this is what we've been looking for. Finally, he's coming around. Right, for sure. And all of a sudden, he's like, let's take our first water break, guys. And we're like, all right. We take our helmets off, start getting water. And he's like, first group on the line. (laughs) And we were like, what's going on? He said, you can get your water in between your uh, buckets. (laughs) So we take water breaks every day in the middle of the summer that are buckets and you can drink water in between but you can't do that anymore and you if, cannot do that anymore so that's my question man how do you know that's you can't I'm, do that how do you know you can't because do like that? i said once it's a certain temperature you gotta go in the yeah house. but maybe it's 89 today you gotta go in the yeah but you know there's a difference between 89 and 96 you know it yeah but you know I, it. I adjust your practice time I, I have confidence that he's gonna get the most out of them that he can get. This is his first year too, and that's a th- that's another pressure that he's facing. Is the pressure from the town of Hartsville? Is that they are expecting a state championship this year? For sure, and I, I'm expecting unfair. it. That's I, an unfair no, expectation, know, though. But you know? all the same, it is an expectation. Right. And if he does if he does anything less than win a state championship, there are going to be several people who are disappointed. Yeah, there's gonna doubters. be a, a high percentage of the town. Now, if he makes so, the playoffs, if he goes deep in the playoffs, I think that will somewhat satisfy most of the town. But I think they expect him to win. I really sure. do. But you take Clint Satterfield, he's two thirty nine and sixty one. He won five rings, right? Okay. He started coaching in nineteen eighty three. He retired my senior year in two thousand Did he coach seven in your football year? season? Yeah. Two thousand seven football season. 2008 graduation year. He retired that year. He won five rings. That's great compared to most schools. But if you break that down, he didn't win a ring for his first eight or nine years. True. I mean, is that an unfair expectation of Blake to think that he should go to a state championship his first year? I think so. But you got the real birds and you got the guys on Saturday morning in Minute Mart who are going to say that's a disappointment. And that's the difference. You know, we were talking about Trasda County as a community, how it's different when it comes to football. That's the difference, is anything less than a state championship, then it's a disappointment. And I love it. Like, that's how it should be. Like, if you don't win a state championship, the year was a disappointment. We'll get it next year. That's why That's why Charles Doe County is so great is because of that aspect. Um, you know, after he retired, what, we got two more rings with Kevin Creasy? It may have been three. I know he won it. Back to back with Tacola C and Josh Payne in the 0809. And then maybe in 12. He did with Kenyon Harper as running back. I remember that. So three more rings. He so won- that's eight. That's nine rings that Charles County has if you don't count 1922. And that's 10 if you count that's the 1922. Right. That's right. Now, who well, has. Well, if you count 72, you're right. You're right. That's the right number. So I'm going to look up the most state championships in Tennessee. But what's. It's like Alcoa and Maryville. Really? Yeah, they won like nine in a row or something, something crazy like that. Well, what's crazy, if you talk to the 72 team, they were better in 73. Well, I actually lose. heard that they were hung over on the way to the game. Mm. Most, uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but I just looked it up. Trezo County with nine state championships is the most in the state. Followed by Webb School of Knoxville with an eight, Montgomery Bell with seven, Fulton with six. That's not right. You don't think that's right? That's not right. Because Alcoa and Maryville was never mentioned. 
And I know they won at least six or seven. Oh, in a wow. Row. No, this is saying the most consecutive team state championships. Alcoa had seven. I told From you. From 2004 to 2010, they won every year. I told you. It's stupid. God, it's stupid. Dude. Okay, never mind. Yeah, they've got 10 just since 1977. Alcoa does. It kills me that everybody's on Rankin, though. Like, Rankin's the current head coach of Alcoa, and I'm not meaning the dog the guy. I don't know who that is. He, I mean, you just he's actually me from that. Smith County. But he coached Riverdale, won a ring at Riverdale, who at the time had like Gaston Miller, who was like the best running back in the state. They won a ring that year. And then he goes to Alcoa. I mean, Alcoa was already like killing it when he got there. I don't know. I don't mean the dog, the guy, like I said, but I feel like a monkey could go coach Alcoa and win a ring. Yeah, I don't know. A monkey. They're studs. Don't know much English. I've watched them just about every year. They're studs. Studs. But speaking of Maryville, Oakland, man, they've been the front runner. They're the front runner. Kevin Creasy took Oakland. He took a Trousdale County mentality and took it to Oakland, and he's killing it. He's killing it. He's a beast, dude. He's I, a beast. His X is an O, like his knowledge oh, is unreal. He's. I've always said this. He's the smartest guy in football I've ever met personally. I mean, that guy can tell you exactly where For the sure. ball is going to be at every given play. If he's For on sure. defense, he can tell you where they're bringing the ball What's every crazy, play. crazy right now, he doesn't even coach defense. Steven Jackson does. And I asked uh, another coach on the Oakland staff, I said, you know, is Creasy really behind the scenes of the defense? He said, no, man. He said, They've taught Steven Jackson so much, and he learned from Keaton how to prepare, who's a Trousdale County guy, how to his preparation. He learned from Keaton, and he, they said he poured fuel on Keaton's game plan. That's what he did, and he's killing it. So Creasy only has to focus on the offense now, and Creasy is so knowledgeable about defense that he kills it on offense. So, like – he knows exactly what to run against certain defenses. Probably the, based, the on, exactly. based on his own offensive tendencies that they're going to be defending against, right. so he runs something different. Right. Like, I mean, if they're running this defense, this front, what can we run that's a hole? You see, know what I mean? I think that's another aspect of the game that Blake's going to bring is that Kevin Creasy mentality when it comes to the X's and O's and the tendencies, the percentages, third down and short – 26% of the time they're coming sure. in the three gap over on the right side right. or whatever. You know what I mean? Because we'd be – we played, and Creasy was a defensive coordinator. We'd be in class at 6 a.m. We For had sure. class an hour a day before school started to talk about the team we are playing. This is their tendencies. We get a whole book of like maybe 20 pages worth of their plays, what they run in every single – Situation: First and ten, second and long, second and short, second and mid. Third like on third, third and less than five, they're running thirty-two knock. Right, eighty-seven percent of the time, yeah, like something stupid. And they like to give it to big old number thirty-two. He don't play, but on third and short, do you that's remember the only calling time out plays? plays? If he's like, in, he's running. Do you remember calling them out and being like, "They're gonna run it right here"? Because yeah, we yeah, yeah, watched seventeen hundred hours of film on them, and we have tendency books and. That's another thing about Trousdale County. Our preparation is unreal. You won't find more dedicated coaches than right here. You just won't. But see, now, we're talking about in the mid and late 2000s. But I haven't seen a lot of that since the Satterfields and the Creases left. I'll just say. That's true. Now, last year, yeah, we went to a state championship. The dedication's different. Yeah. 
It's but just now different. what I'm saying is now we're putting that Satterfield cog back into the machine and let's see how good it runs, you know. I'm with you. I th- I think he can do it. Like I know I've I have you know, I've I've posed these questions to you about Blake, but I'm with you. I'm on the Blake Satterfield train. And I'm with it. I'm just I, I believe he can do it. <laughs> Same. So, man, listen to this. So, I bought the Murphy Fair book, and I've bought it every year for a long time, since I probably started high school. And um, most of the time, I'm pretty much in agreement with him. Um, I feel like he gives his best unbiased opinion. But I have a a gigantic bone to pick with him. (laughs) So, I'm reading through the article, and I notice... That he's called Coach Blake Satterfield, Wesley Satterfield, on multiple occasions. I saw that, dude. Dude. And I love, I know Wesley as well, and I know a lot of our listeners will too, and uh, I have no problem with Wesley. What I do have a problem with is calling Blake Wesley. <laughs> I have a problem with it. Um, Wesley's coaching college ball. Like he has been since he graduated high school. Where does school. he coach now? <laughs> you don't know. Last time I seen it, it was UTC Chattanooga. Okay, okay. But I think, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he's somewhere else. Okay, that's fine. That's not the point of this. Yeah, that's not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> so, Murphy, oh, Murph, he's got to do a little bit of better research, man. Read, read the Just read the first oh, like, two paragraphs of what he said. It says... A third generation of Satterfields is now holding down the head coaching position at Trousdale County. Good. I can deal with it. Wesley Satterfield took over the reins this past spring. Are you kidding me? Grandfather Jim coached from the mid-50s until the early 70s. Father Clint, now the director of schools, was the head coach in Hartsville for 24 years. Wesley inherits a team loaded with speed, especially in the offensive backfield. Come on, dude. Come on. What's funny is there's a picture of Blake right there. <laughs> Here's the problem. Yeah, number one, there's a picture of Blake Satterfield on the page. Number two, Blake Satterfield was the damn coordinator last year. <laughs> it's not like Wesley is on the staff as well. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like you can confuse them. I wonder if he just like used to mix their names up when he was around Clint hanging out. I don't know. Shit. what, And you know he... I, I'm pretty sure he interviews the coaches for these articles. Like, he needs to get from Blake at press time what Blake thinks about his backfield and what he thinks about his offensive line and defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he interviews Blake and still continues to call him Wesley like three or four times. Rude. That's just That's rude. terrible. Can you imagine what – That's terrible. What if Clint – they called Clint his brother's name. He'd yeah. be all raising – We uh, gonna show him this year. Yeah. Oh, Murph's gonna get it. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna make sure he knows my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I wonder if Blake has seen this. You know, Blake's you know seen he it. has. I wonder how mad he is. You know, actually, I'll say this: uh, when you got here with that book, I took a picture of that and underlined Wesley's name, and I sent it to him <laughs> on a text message. He's yet to respond, but I'm, I can't wait to see. You what know, he says. you know that it put another chip on his shoulder, and that's the oh, one yeah. thing that I do like about it is that Blake's gonna be even more fired up. Murph's yeah. going to know my name by the end of the <laughs> yeah. year. Oh, Murph, he's going to get it. 
I can't wait. Come on, Murph. Come on, Murph. I will Murph. say this. When we played the state championship game back in 05 against old Union City, they had everybody, all these announcers on uh, on TV saying, I just don't think Trousdale County can uh, stand up to this uh, Union City team of 70-plus people or whatever it was. I, they're going to get blown out. I just don't see how – they, they can keep the up with the depth. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't keep up with the depth. Like, and been... Murphy said, hold on, not so fast. I've seen them practice. They work hard. He said, I picked Trestle County to win by three or more touchdowns. <laughs> and dadgummit, halftime come around, we were up, I don't even know, it something was to zero. Several touchdowns I think it was like zero. 27 to 7 or something Maybe. at the time. Probably. And we, it, what do we win? Like 60? 52 to 16, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, spank. And the last touchdown they scored – I was in the game, which means the reserves were in the game. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Marco Wright let a dude run a slant right on him. And then we kind of laughed about it because yeah. we were already up 15, 52 to 16. What, I mean, a great, what a great day. Oh, man. We come day. together like a well-oiled machine. I've never seen anything like it. Dude, that was a year. We knew we were going to win that The year. bad thing about it, I thought Clinton Satterfield was going to kill Zach Porter in the parking lot beforehand. Why? He kept messing up. He messed up like three or four times. You know Porter, he was smart. He rarely messed up. So I I think Clint thought that Zach was getting under the pressure a little bit. Yeah. And I thought he was going to kill him. But I've never seen our line play any better. I mean, if you I mean, the backs definitely get the spotlight, but if you go back and look at the holes, there was pancakes everywhere. Oh yeah. It was unreal. Cal was just running in wide open space. Yeah. And then stiff arming a dude for like 17 And then yards. Carrying, carrying two of them on yeah. his hand towel. Losing a shoe and stuff. They, Bill they Hay, said somebody Bill said Hay, who runs a 48 and a half. 40 had a, like a 63 yard touchdown run dude cal i remember he came over to me he's like dude give me your hand towel real quick i need one on my other side so i can carry another guy then like, i'm only <laughs> Let him able hang to, on. i'm only able to drag one into the end zone man. <laughs> i want two well there's one thing i'm going to agree with with murphy we got some speed coming back uh it's hurting losing mr dyson and kevant at quarterback it's going to be a, a hole we're going to have to replace. But who's going to be quarterback now? Jaden Hicks, I'm pretty sure. If I'm not – you know, if Blake doesn't make any changes and he doesn't just off the wall, it, it's going to be Jaden Hicks. And let me tell you something. I saw Jaden last year. Jaden can move. What number? Jaden can move. Uh, I think last year he was six maybe. You know, okay. I don't want to I, I don't want to guess at that. And Jaden, if you're listening – much love, brother. <laughs> but I watched you, and you can move. Um. Also, Jake Gregory, man, missing him. That dude was a beast. And there's a few players that I always like to talk about that, you know, that played a day that could have played with us back in the day that was tough enough and had the strength and just had that toughness. Jake Gregory's one of them. Mason Bassford's another one. He's been to several camps this offseason. He, um, I th- I'm pretty sure he's the only returning lineman, if I'm not mistaken. So that's that's a maybe a potential weakness is the the O-line. offensive line, for yeah, sure. the O line. That's the that's the one that I can see. But I've never known us to have too weak of a line. Got them hog mollies. We got them hog mollies, <laughs> and the ones that are even small, they get with it. They get on that hip. And they'll, they'll drive you. So, I think that's our weakness. We're yet to see. Uh, I'm excited for the Jamboree. I'm excited to see what we bring that first quarter. Um, 
I'm not going to put too much stake into that jamboree because if you don't remember in 05, we got beat by Westmoreland in the jamboree. But like two touchdowns or something. When we won state? Yeah. We you got don't beat. Remember? I don't you remember, remember the, the jamboree. No. Dude, they threw it like a throwback waggle on us, some kind of trick play. Like Oh, it's probably over my head. They brought out their best play just to beat us in the jamboree. You think that was over my head? Uh I'm pretty sure I was in corner. I don't, I, maybe. But <laughs> you know, our fans were like, That's the worst jamboree we've ever seen. Yeah. And then we beat Macon County. We just come in and beat the Hey, your boy caught that one-handed touchdown in triple coverage. It was the hottest game I've ever been in. Did you see me catch that pass, bro? Yeah, you filled in for me. Triple coverage, jumped up, caught that shit with one. I'm uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cuss, but I'm five seven. (laughs) (laughs) Triple covered. Dustin said, "Hell, I trust you." Shoot, you filled in for me. If you don't remember, Cal Welch got hurt. I and remember. I went in on defense, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they didn't want me playing both ways because I only played offense. Dude, and that's the great thing about Trezor County because for that next week, I was the hero of town. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere, everywhere I went, people were like, and that, that's another down. thing about Trezor <laughs> County. It's it's next man up. You know, there's no excuses. If somebody gets hurt, they get hurt. Somebody's gonna have to do something about it. Yeah, but I, I feel very confident in our backfield. We got Mister Ford. Speed, strength, toughness. I like him a lot. You know, I think he's going to do a great job. I think he's our go-to back. Uh, I think Jaden Hicks, man, our our quarterback, he's going to he's going to eat some defenses up. And so, I mean, you what's uh dang what's his name um Claiborne? I'm curious because that dude's a monster on defense. Tavares Claiborne. He's a monster on defense. He flies around the ball. He's huge. I think in the Murphy Fair book, they got him at 6'3", 220. Are you kidding me? No. What's he play? He plays like a linebacker. He's in on every tackle. He reminds me a little bit of Tacola C. There you go. Tacola C had some of the best football instincts that I've ever seen. But he's all around the ball. They need to implement that kid at tight end. And I think that's where they got him playing. But he's an entirely too good of an athlete. Especially in Trizer County when most people play both ways. Right. I think that he needs to be dynamic. And I think they need to get him the ball. And if you look through the history in Trizer County, we don't throw the ball that often. Sorry. We don't throw the ball that often. Especially since 05. And since 05, we haven't thrown the ball very much at all. Since Dillahay left... Uh, I think that next year we might have thrown it a little bit. But other than that, since we've been back in the wing tee, we might throw the ball three or four times a, a game. A game. Which I wouldn't prefer, only because I think you're 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 one-dimensional. And I think that's what we've been since, like, since Creasy came in. Which, if something works... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Dude, if they can't stop your run, there's That's no true. reason to throw the ball. That's true. But do you remember 05? I do. Do you remember 05? Not only did we run it all over you. We threw it, too. We threw it all over But we you. ran first. For sure. Run the ball, If stop you can't the run, run the ball, you can't throw the ball, though. Right. That's what I'm saying. I would like to see us work more off the run. I don't want to see every other play a pass. For sure. And I don't want every third down and long to be a pass. We don't wanna, we don't I don't want to be in third and long and pass. I want to throw it on first down every now and again. I want to throw it on second down every now and again. I want to keep it 
I don't know. I feel like we've been one dimensional for a long time. And I think Blake, he's got a, he's got a thing for the flair. You you know you know him. That dude was a Reggie Bush at Trousdale County. Oh yeah, he was awesome. And I think he's got a thing for the flair. And I think you're going to see a little more passing, especially with Ben Chumley. I think I think you're going to see him. he's going to play wide out for us. He played both ways last year. He's a good corner, and he's all region. And I think you're going to see him get the ball a little more. They this got year. him in that book at like five eight one sixty. Uh, let me see. I thought he was a little bigger. He looks he is bigger. bigger. I think he's five ten, and he looks mistaken. heavier than one sixty. They got Kobe Ford at six one one eighty five. That's pretty good size for a wing back. I think he's going to do yeah. a great job. Especially in Ben Chumley, they have him at five ten one sixty. Okay, one sixty. He's a good athlete. I think he's one. You think he's bigger than that? He looked. I'll say this. I think last year I may have watched one game outside of the state championship game. I watched the state championship game, and he just looked bigger than that to me. I could be wrong. They say the TV adds whatever five right. pounds or ten pounds. Right. And you got the, they have better equipment. They look bigger in today's game. True. They look a lot cooler. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Their helmets they all, are so much cooler. They all got cooler. one sleeve on, and you know, yeah, it's one sock pulled up. I remember T.T. Harper, who's one of the greatest athletes to come through. He had he hurt his ankle and they had to tape his cleat up. Clint Satterfield made him spray paint it black. <laughs> now this is like our star. You yeah. know what I mean? And instead of being different from everyone else, Clint yeah. Satterfield had him spray paint his cleat. Because you're not allowed to look cool, man. This yeah. is ain't about looks. There was not one person with a visor when right. we played. I remember Carmen, what was it, Matt Carmen? Yeah. Back back in the day, like oh three or something. He like got his eye poked out or something like that. Some, <laughs> yeah. some ridiculous. Did he get poked all the way out. He got to wear a visor, <laughs> and I was like, "Coach was probably like, shit, put eye patch yeah, on." Yeah, man, I was super envious. So, but back to our team, we're gonna have great skill position guys: Ben Chumley, Jaden Hayward, Kobe Ford, Davis Stewart. They got Davis Stewart at six foot one seventy. It's pretty good size, dude. It's pretty good size. But man, I'm I'm telling you, this Clarion kid, I've never been more excited about seeing a kid play. Six three two twenty. Yes, sir. That's gigantic for Trousdale County, especially for a skill position. That's gigantic. But can he have a repeat performance? He was all state linebacker last year. All state. How many all state kids do we have? They don't show us a lot of love on the all state teams, even though we like shellac everybody typically. We don't get a lot of a lot of love, right? Because we're small. Three year starter. It says in the Murphy Fair book, he led the team in just about every major category. Wow. And beside Claiborne, Jaden Hayward, All State linebacker. This may be one of the best linebacker cores we have. Dude, and if anything else, we can just get that get them to open up a branch of insurance company work for Allstate somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think Will Holder. He's gonna he's gonna step up. He's gonna be the third linebacker. That's gonna put Will Holder, Tavares Claiborne, and Jaden Hayward. That is a monster of a linebacking core. It's a monster. I think if Will Holder can hold up his end, 
Hayward's going to do what he's been doing, and Tavares Claiborne's going to do what he's been doing. And it's going to be dirty. It's going to be really dirty. And I, I don't think a lot of teams are going to run on us. I just don't. I don't think they can. But I do think, you know, I listened in a little bit last year, and I feel like our weakness might be our DBs as far as they went. But I know Chumley's going to be better. So, I mean, can we can we stop the pass? Because I think Claiborne and Hayward and Will Holder's going to do the job. Can we stop the pass on defense? Can we block and tackle up front, offensive line, defensive line, and can we stop the pass? If we can do those things right there, which I'm pretty sure that's almost the entire football game. <laughs> Listen, dude, I'll tell you this. If we can score more points than the other team oh, each you game, we will be in. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, listen, let's talk about the Jamboree. All right. August 16th, August Friday. August 16th, be there or be square. We'll be there. Show up. Support your team. Get in it. Buy some stuff at the damn concession stand. <laughs> support let, your... let's, let some kids go on a senior trip. Is that what that goes to? It used to. Actually, I think I might have heard they don't even they're not gonna take a senior trip anymore. <laughs> so I'm not, not sure. Anyways, it's going to some some kind of good cause. <laughs> Show up, buy a program, buy some in the concession stand. And come see and you enjoy boys. Enjoy yourself. Come see you boys. Jump on the podcast. Jump on the podcast. Give us a few statements of how you feel, how excited you are, because it's gonna be before the season. There's there can't be any negativity, right? There's no way. You might get it like an eighth graders getting in a fight down there, yeah. playing with. Also, football. I want to bring something up. All right. This is the time of year, especially after the jamboree, to where parents are going to be very salty about their kid not playing. Let me tell you something. If you know anything about football, then you have to be honest with yourself. Is your kid good enough to start? Like, there should never be a time when you go to the coach and be like, you ain't playing my kid because, you know, you don't like him and you're favoring this kid. That's not the case. I promise you. I know Blake Satterfield. Black Satterfield? Black. Blake. Blake Satterfield. <laughs> I know the guy. He's going to play the best 11 on each side of the ball. So do me a favor and do yourself a favor. Don't embarrass your kid. Don't go there. Just don't. If he's good enough to play, he's going to play. That's all it is to it. That's it. So, we appreciate you being with us. Yeah, hold on. Before Don't end it because you said we were going to tell some stories about. Oh, you want to? You I want mean, to? you said we were going to do it, so I feel like if we don't we can do, do it, it. then I have to that. edit that out of the podcast. For sure. We can do that. Well, you so, tell You tell. I'll one. go first. So, it's my freshman year. It's about my third day of summer practice. It's the third day of pads. I don't even think we were in pads. I'm pretty sure we were in a helmet, a shirt, and shorts. Pretty sure that's what we were doing. It's before we could even get in pads. It's my third day at high school practice. I'm still a little bit of a nervous wreck. Try not to piss anybody off and try to do my job. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to play the best I can. Well, of course, we do something wrong. And it goes into Burma Road. Where we got the name for this podcast, and if you don't know what Burma Road is, ask any past Yellow Jacket. It's this fun little drill to where you basically like drill somebody and drive them 
as far as you can until the coach blows the whistle, and then you go on to the next one. But anyways, and you're I'm not going, going go, across the field. You're yeah. going from one side of the field is the you're first zigzagging dunk, basically, you zigzag all the way across. Yeah. But, and if people don't know, yeah, the origins of this drill's name, I had to look it up, is because there's a road going from Burma to China through the mountains, and it zigzags to get around the mountainous terrain. Yeah. So it looks just like the way the drill set up. For sure. Well, it's awful. I'll just I'll yeah, just yeah, go yeah. ahead and tell you. It's like the worst thing. <laughs> so I'm getting my first experiment experience, sorry, of this Burma Road. All right. And since we're not in pads, we're holding dummies for the upper class players so that they can hit the dummy, drive it until the coach blows the whistle. Well, I'm holding the second dummy. And this this guy that I that was in my class, Blake Merriman, was holding the first one. So we're going about Burma Road. Coach Sats pissed. He's just, you know, drilling us. Well, Nelson Harper comes up. You know, I'm expecting it to be just like any of the other guys that were before him. And they blow the whistle. Nelson Harper takes off running. And he absolutely obliterates the dummy. And Blake Merriman, <laughs> he drills him, like knocks him five yards back, drops the dummy, right? So, Coach Clint, that ain't the drill, Nelson. You know, he's pissed. That ain't the drill. Come back and let's do it again. Well, Nelson's a little more angry. <laughs> so, Coach that blows the whistle. Nelson takes off running, obliterates Blake Merriman and the dummy. Even worse. Poor Blake. It, yep. I was so thankful I wasn't that first dummy. So, again, Coach Sack gets him back to the starting line, blows the whistle. It's getting ugly. Like, it's starting to get ugly. Nelson's obliterating everything in his path. And he's not saying anything yet, but he's absolutely killing Blake Merriman. Poor guy. So this happens five or six times. And finally... Nelson goes into a conniption. Like a full-on, almost looks like he's having a seizure conniption. Just just out of the blue. He went... It was bad. It was like, bad. I remember the sound. <laughs> it was really bad. And he was threatening Coach Clint. He was actually trying to get to Coach Clint when some of the seniors were holding Nelson back. And I'm thinking this whole time, is this what this is? Like, this is my third day. Does this happen? Come to find out, it didn't happen. <laughs> it was a once in a, you know, four years of being in high school thing. And Nelson Harper, if you hear this, please, next time you see me, let me know what was on your mind. Or shoot us an email, BurmaRoad615 at gmail.com. Please let me know what you were thinking. Because, I, I, honestly, I never had the nuts to ask you. <laughs> Cause you know, I mean, you were losing your mind. So what you got, Steve? Man, you know, I think I should save my story for the next episode we do, cause we're about out an hour. You think so? Yeah, I think That's so. That's cool, guys. Come back, listen to us, email us. If you see us out at a game, let us know you want to give a little, little shout out, or you know, do your thing. We're not going to turn you down. 
We're definitely not. And listen, you're hearing this, however you're hearing it, but know that you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. There's another app called Podcoin where you can actually download the app Podcoin and get paid to listen to podcasts. So Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, you get paid to listen. And if you sign up using this promo code, you'll get 150 free points. It's Steve OCJ. It's S-T-E-V-E-O-C-J and get 150 free points. But listen to the Burma Road podcast, anywhere you find podcasts. Tell a friend. Tell tell your friends in Trezo County, anyone who's interested in following Trezo County football, this podcast is for you. Get involved. Email us, like John said, go to badcreditpodcast.com, click the Burma Road link, and you can find all the links to listen on your favorite app. Also, check out Bad Credit Podcast. Shout out to Bad Credit. They're the reason we're here. And this is going to be a really fun experience for the listeners and for us in general. This is a season-long thing, guys. Let's get with it. Let's get your opinions. Let's get your statements. Let's get it all. This is Burma Road. We'll see you next week.